Hello and welcome to Be The Wolf. I am your host, Jenea Barnes. Many people struggle to be the fullest, biggest, truest versions of themselves. They bend to fit into other people's ideals of who and what they should be. They tame their brilliance to avoid judgment and gain approval. A long time ago, people attempted to tame the wilderness of Yellowstone National Park by eradicating predators. Taming the wilderness collapsed the ecosystem. But there's hope. In the mid-90s, 41 wolves were introduced into the park and with this, the ecosystem replenished itself and flourished. The wolves did nothing but be exactly who they are meant to be and do what they were born to do. So I say to you, be the wolf. Hello, hello everybody and welcome to this episode of Be the Wolf. I'm super excited about this conversation because it shows you how far we can come when we know where it is we're going. We're going to talk about being on the road to somewhere. And a lot of people are on the road to nowhere, just walking around in circles blindly. And I am here with Mine Essen, and she is a badass woman, and she has quite a story to tell. And the reason, I think, one of the big reasons why she is successful besides her sheer determination and will, is because she knew where she was going. Mene, can you tell us a little bit about where you are now, and then we'll dive into your story and some of the stuff along the way. Absolutely. First of all, thank you for having me, Jenea. I am really looking forward to having this conversation with you and your audience as well. So. My name is Mina Essen. I am a product manager serving as a product and integration director at Cox2M. And I am also an entrepreneur who has a wholesale sterling silver jewelry company that is right now in 11 countries. And um, what else? And I think, I think that's already a lot to do. So... <laughs> it is a lot to do. I do have to say this right now. If you all are, you own a small boutique or something like that where you sell jewelry, her jewelry on the site, what I've seen is so freaking cool. And I'm just going to plug that it's anatoliaarts.com. Is that it? That is correct. It's Anatolia Arts. Yeah, A-N-A-T-O-L-I-A-A-R-T-S dot com. Check it out. Um, well, you'll, <laughs> you'll get that website again later, but I just wanted to put that out there because I was feeling like I wanted every boutique that was near me to be selling it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. There's a lot of love and thought and research behind every piece of jewelry that we have. Everything that I bring is 
They're all handmade, 100%. They're all sterling silver. And every piece has a story. I am originally from Turkey and I have been, well, like I want to say this, I think the new new name for Turkey is Turkey. So I'm going to start saying Turkey. All right. Yeah, I am from Turkey and every piece that I have in my shop right now really reflect the rich culture and history uh, and hospitality of my country. So definitely you are going to have a unique piece, like every, like whatever piece that you have is going to be unique and there will be nothing else like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to say one thing out there. A lot of times people think of jewelry or products from a particular country and Sometimes they think of them as not being so sophisticated, like a lot of images, I think, of the street vendors and stuff come to mind. But these pieces are so sophisticated and elegant and really beautiful. Thank you very much, Jenea. Yeah. I appreciate that. Great to hear. <laughs> so you started your journey in, we're call, it, it's called Turkey now, Yeah. Yes. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so you correct. started your country, but it was Turkey then. So, yeah. You can call Turkey, Turkey, whatever you feel comfortable. Okay. So, but you got, were sick of people telling you what to do. <laughs> correct. That's one of the things that I really got. And was, was that something for you that started when you were young? That you didn't like people telling me what to do? I remember at five years old, I already knew what I wanted to do in life. And in that dream, or I shouldn't say dream, goal that I set myself, there was only one person and it was me. Nobody else was going to really define that goal for me. So, yeah, I knew very early on. So your vision had just you in it. You didn't have like a family and a bunch of kids. You just had a vision of why don't you, will you share with us what your vision that you had of what you wanted to create in your life was when you were five, you had this, right? Yes. Yes. So when I didn't have a happy childhood, unfortunately, and And maybe I shouldn't say unfortunately, because things happen for a reason. And I am the person I am because of all the obstacles that I've been through. And so I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have said, unfortunately, my childhood was full of having an alcoholic dad and being physically abused and seeing my mom being physically abused. Same with my siblings and not really having access to anything, being hungry most of the time, and my mom having to go steal food in order to feed us. When my dad was making a lot of money, we just didn't have any of that. Seeing my mom struggle, but still fight to make sure that her children are fed, her children have everything they need, that she did the best she could. She did not have a profession. She was stay-at-home mom, which is to me the hardest thing to do. However, it really limits you in terms of 
but financially it limits you. Like if you are not happy in your marriage and you have a husband who is not there financially, emotionally, physically, that then you know you have to find a way to make money and make sure that your children are fed and they're educated. So I think very early on, I saw that my mom really struggled to feed us and we went to bed hungry. And it's just having that feeling, that hunger feeling, I just didn't want to have that feeling anymore. And I decided that if my mom had, was independent, if she didn't need my dad, right. we wouldn't be in this situation. At five years old, one day my dad came home. I don't remember if he was drunk or not. It really doesn't matter. But right. I remember him coming home and beating up my mom in front of us. And I am the youngest of uh, youngest in the family. I have one sister and two brothers. And at that time, watching my mom getting beaten and not being able to say much or do much and just take all the punches. I remember like yesterday. Mm -hmm. And I told myself. <clears throat> yeah. I. I told myself I, I'm not going to be like my mom. Yeah. I am not going to let anybody abuse me like that. Anybody. Tell me what to do. Uh, I am going to have a job. I'm going to be a businesswoman. And I pictured myself and that dream right. is still very real to me. Now I laugh and I smile because it's so cute. So I'm right. wearing this business suit and I have these like, beautiful high heels. And I just love high heels. Like who doesn't, right? Every woman loves. <laughs> so I'm wearing these high heels, a beautiful business suit, very professional. And I have these glasses on. And my head is just, my, my hair's in a bunch and I'm getting out of my car to go to work. I have a briefcase. That was my vision. And I promised myself that's going to be the woman I'm going to be in the future. And I'm going to yeah. make my own money and I'm going to take care of my mom. And then anybody, any, any woman out there who is in the same position. I am. At five years old. and. Now I am 38, so that was 33 years ago, and I am, I exceeded my dream. I am exactly where I want to be. I have purchased a home for my mom. Yes. I am in the process of building another house, like a vacation home for my mom, and I'm helping families, like single moms as well, who are going through like, similar situations as well. Right. I am very active in the community here in Colorado, volunteering at Women's Foundation of Colorado to help single women succeed and have the tools that they need to succeed. So um, it's so awesome. And there's some pieces here. Thank you so much for sharing that story. Absolutely. As we look back, we've come a long way with women being able to support themselves and uh, 
be independent just a couple generations ago in this country and in a lot of other countries where it's not as far along as it is here. Just a few generations ago, it was your livelihood, your survival as a woman depended on the man you married. And if you ended up with somebody that was not great, you had little choice but to potentially stay and suffer, and especially if you had children. And there's a powerlessness that happens. On the other side of it, too, of course, I don't want to diminish the pressure that men feel to have to be the sole provider for a family. That's a really big, intense pressure. And I think that's a big reason why sometimes maybe some men are not so great to their families. They take that pressure out on their families. Or I think we all take pressure out on whoever is closest to us. So... But being able to see this situation as something you did not want to have and choosing, making choices time and time again to make sure that you had that vision. And I love that your vision was a vision that's something that's appropriate for an adult. A lot of times those visions of what we really want and imagine will solve all our problems when we're little. (laughs) Will not solve our problems when we're older. I wanted to be a clown. That was not really going to solve my brain. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to hide and be seen at the same time (laughs) because my childhood was also not so great. (laughs) So... When you, when was it that you started looking towards coming to the States? When, what, what was it that made you decide that coming to the United States was the right decision to help you on that path of your dream? Yeah, I, that's a great question. I've always wanted to come to the United States since I was in middle school. And I think one of the reasons was just the movies that you watch. And I love the American accent for some reason. I, I still do. I think I, I love Americans. I love their accents. It's just, I knew if I wanted to learn English and I, I love learning. It's just like, if you're not learning, you're dying. I think that's, that's really true. That's the way I feel. I knew I wanted to learn English, but I didn't know which country that I should go and learn the language. And I am in middle school at this time, so I have no concept of how I'm going to finance my travel. Where am I going to stay? Nothing at that time. So from the movies I watched, and just American English sounded great. And I decided I'm going to go to America. That's what I'm going to do. And that, that kind of added to my vision of being a business right. woman and being a professional. But of course, I had to finish school. So I finished middle school, high school. and and then I went to college. So I didn't have a chance to do any to go anywhere. And as you know, you know, I had no money to go on. My family is not coming with coming from money. So right. I had to support myself. And in, in university, when I was studying, I had three jobs. So there was really no time for me, even like summer breaks. I work. So no time for me to come to the United States. 
But as soon as I graduated college in 2008, I think it was June, and I was in the United States by September. So as soon as I graduated, I thought, I got to make money and save money for my uh, flight. So I started doing a little bit, but to odd jobs that will make me some money and sold cigarettes, which I am not a smoker. I never smoked in my life. (laughs) But they were paying good money. So you would go to these supermarkets and promote the cigarette. I'm like, I can't right now, just looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, I probably poisoned lots of people. <laughs> but, but you got yeah. your ticket and you made I and got my ticket. Yeah. And exactly. You still didn't know English yet. Exactly. I had no English. Like, I could read, but definitely I wasn't able to speak. I wasn't able to understand. It's different when you hear and when you read. It's different. Right. So I saved up money. And despite that my dad at that time didn't want me to go, and I told him, I'm going to go and you're going to watch me go. I'm, I'm sorry. And that's my dream. Of, I want to do it. So I did. Really I quick. Started, yeah. Yeah. Really quick. So you're going to go. You've got your ticket. Your dad Mm -hmm. doesn't want you to go. What were people saying to you about taking this big leap to follow your dream? What were they saying? Everybody thought I was crazy because all of my friends, they graduated college. They found a job. They became teachers or they worked at a lab in a hospital. I studied biology, so I was going to be... working on genetics, like some, something in that field. It's just like everything just changed when I decided, okay, I want to learn English. Um, so I would say everybody thought that I was crazy to go to the other side of the world, not even like England, that is, I don't know, three hours or four hours flight from, from us, just the other side of the world where I don't know the language. I don't have money. I don't know where I'm going to stay. Uh, just really yeah. take a leap of faith. Yeah, you didn't know anybody here. Nothing no. like that. Yeah, no, I did not and know. I'm reminded of when I moved from San Francisco to New York. So many of my friends, and I had seen people, San Francisco and New York, people tend to bounce back and forth from a lot. And a lot of my friends were like, you'll be back. You'll be back. <laughs> oh, I won't. Sorry. Yeah, not because New York was my dream, right? So when you've been looking towards something for a long time, when you have that vision of where you're going, you don't always know it might take a little while to get there and you might pivot along the way. But when you have that idea, that goal in mind, that vision, you somehow figure out a way to get there. So you ended up on a plane. Everyone thought you were crazy. And that you had this moment on the plane, though, right? Holy crap. Were yeah. you real? Yeah. I fell asleep on the plane and I, I woke up at some point. And when I fell asleep, apparently I was so stressed. As soon as I boarded, I fell asleep. So I didn't know anybody on, like, who was sitting next to me. I apparently fell asleep before meeting someone else next to me. So I woke up. And I turned to this guy and he smiled at me and he said, hi, or hello. 
And I swear, Jenea, it was like, like a moment of realization, like, oh shit moment. Oh my gosh, they are not going to understand me anymore. Like my language means nothing right now. And I need to learn. I need to speak English. I said hello back to him and I smiled. He asked me a question. To this day, I have no idea what he asked because I didn't understand at that time. Right. And I just smiled and nodded. And that was the end of our conversation. And he understood I, I didn't understand him. But to me, I don't like to fail. If I do fail, that, that fuels me. That fuels me. Mm -hmm. And that was another promise to myself. I am going to stop speaking Turkish, whether I meet a Turkish person in the United States or not. I'm not going to speak Turkish. I'm going to just focus on English. I'm going to submerge myself, sub submerge, that's the right word, I yep. think, into the culture and country, learn, just absorb as much as I can. So for five years, I did not speak Turkish, even though I met Turkish people. So yeah, I have yeah. realization. I have to say, I have to say that that is so powerful because... I remember I walked the Camino de Santiago. It's a 500-mile walking pilgrimage through Spain. And mm -hmm. I know enough Spanish. I worked in hospitality a long time. So I, my kitchen Spanish was good. I had, could <laughs> eat. I could definitely eat in Spain without a problem. But I remember being there one day, sitting at the bar, having some lunch and some coffee. And all these people were talking around me. And they were laughing. And I just had this realization of how lonely it would be to move to a new country and not know the language. And you see it all the time that people find communities of people and they live in communities of people where people speak their native tongue. And that's a hindrance, I think, because yeah, it's like you have that safety net of being able to feel comfortable, but mm -hmm. a lot of people don't have the wherewithal to push themselves to really learn the language and be able to create community in the new country outside of people that speak their native language. So that's yeah. awesome. Well, you've got to get out of your comfort zone. You, you have to get out of your comfort zone. The growth only happens when you get out of your comfort zone. And exactly. it's like, I knew that very early on, as I mentioned, I am alone. That's the another, it's kind of sad to say, but I, that I have decided and I knew that I was alone. If I'm going to make shit happen, I have to be the one who needs to do it. Nobody yes. else is going to do it for me. So yes. I better get out of my comfort zone and go out there. And just face the challenge head on. That has been my life, really. Just jumping on a plane, coming here without knowing what I'm going to be experiencing. Or even at my current role. Like, it's a pretty challenging role. But I accepted this role knowing the challenges. Because that's when I'm going to grow. Uh, yep. So... I think that's really the key. Like if you, if you have a vision, if you know where you want to go, you want to make that happen, you better start 
getting out of that comfort zone, the world that you know, and start taking steps towards your vision and fail, fall. That's okay. It is actually a good thing to fall. But get up and then take back it. Why did I fall? Well, I didn't walk properly. All right. Just next time, walk properly. So that's really the key to growth and success, in my opinion. 100%. And it's, it's interesting because, of course, I'm a career transition coach, so I help people changing careers. And that is one of the number one things that people are unwilling to do is to step outside their comfort zone. They're so afraid of failing. They're so afraid of making a mistake and looking bad because they have this idea that they have to be perfect. And there's a lot of fear and stuff underneath that. And when you clear that stuff up, when you clear that, it's always going to be a little uncomfortable to step into something new, no matter how much of like the emotional work you do to clear up the fear. But when you can still keep stepping into something new, keep stepping into something new over and over, you've got, you have to do it. It's, it's one of the keys to happiness, actually. Exactly. And it doesn't have to be big, like the big leaps that I have made in my life doesn't have to be that big. I am fearless. And sometimes that's good. Sometimes bad. So for people who are afraid to take that next step, give yourself a small step goal. You know, like just don't go. And you don't have to go fly to New Zealand or somewhere else. You know, it's just something small, but start, start somewhere. And then ask yourself, what is the worst case that's going to happen? Worst case. My question was, what is the worst case that's going to happen? Okay, I'm probably not going to like it. And I'm probably not going to be able to speak the language or understand the culture. I'm going to find a way. I'm going to take, get a plane flight and and go back to my country. And then I'm going to become a biologist or go become a doctor and continue my studies. What is the worst case? So I think if, you, if, you, if you're afraid to fail, then you're going to stay where you are in life. You need yeah. to fail. Like that's how people learn the best. So start yep. with small goals. When you fail, the impact is not going to be so big. Right. Um, but it's going to be a big learning experience for you. Yeah, for sure. I know somebody that, Just this last summer, she, you know, she doesn't travel by herself. She doesn't do very many things by herself at all. And she, I've known her for years and she met me for a coffee and for her to navigate the subways and everything in New York by herself was a really big, small step. And it's, it doesn't have to be jumping on a plane and moving across the country or to another country, exactly as you say. Exactly. As you say, well, worst case scenario, go back, figure out a way to go back. But a lot of people would say maybe where you ended up was maybe their worst case scenario. But you had how much money in your pocket when you got here? Well, three cents. Like, I don't know if that's that counts as money. (laughs) So you had three cents in your pocket and what were some of the things that you had to do along the way while you were trying to figure out the language and the culture? Yeah. So 
I found a job as a nanny. So I started watching babies and two are so adorable, which I, to this day, I still, uh, I'm in contact with most of them, uh, actually. So for two weeks, I lived off of that three cents. And now you're going to ask how you live in, with three cents for two weeks. I actually ended up staying with the person I was working for. She had a baby, three months old baby, and I lived with her and I ate mostly bread because she had lots of microwave meal that we, we didn't have in, in Turkey. Like we, mm-hmm. I, we didn't even have microwaves, so we just cooked from scratch. So that's what she had. And I didn't know what they were, but there was only bread in the house and I don't have money to go buy my own food. So I lived off of bread and, and for two weeks I watched the baby and then I made $176 and that was, that's how things started step by step from three cents yeah. to $176. Um, yeah, it was, it, I made it work. It, it just, like I said, if you, if you really want to make it work, you go make it work. I mean, that's the thing. And one of the things that I think you'll agree with me on this is when you're in a situation and you know that you only have you to count on, your brain gets really creative. You said it so well. Exactly. You you get so creative. You start. I think like I don't really understand brain as much and I am so fascinated by it. I think there are just so many neural connections happening where you come up with ideas. And I think either you are in fight or flight mode and that's what makes you do think about those ideas that you normally wouldn't think. I don't know. But then, like you said, you get creative and then you go after it. You make phone calls. Hey, can I work with you? And I don't have any place to stay. Can I stay with you at the same time? Oh, I don't have a car. Can I use your car here and there? It just. You ask, you start asking questions. If you don't ask and nobody's going to assume or figure out what you need and give it to you. (laughs) Yes. I mean, that's such a big piece of it. Know what you want, right? Know where you're going. And then you have to step through those fears to ask. You can't be worried about what's somebody going to think of me. What's like, if you're at a networking event, if you're sitting across the room from somebody that you really want to talk to, you can't just sit there and wait for everything to come to you. And I think a lot of people are brought up to believe that that's how it works. Gosh, no, I wish. (laughs) But the reality is that, you know, and here's the difference between having that vision and knowing that you're the the master of your destiny, right? So you're the one. So you, when you know that you have you to count on and that you have to be the one to make it happen and you have that vision, it's a powerful combination to actually get to where you want. Exactly. And if that vision is so real in your head, I, I really recommend whoever is listening, I recommend really visualizing what you want yeah, and make your brain believe that is going to happen Mm -hmm. because believe it or not, 
you, without knowing, you start working towards it because that vision is so real in your head. That's going to happen. You believe it. You, you wake up to it. You go to bed with that. And you just, that becomes part of you, that vision. You have no any other option. That vision has happened and you condition yourself and you find a way. So as you said, like, First, you've got to have the vision and you've got to stick to that. Well, you don't have to stick to that, but at least if you really want something and you know what you want, and next, you're going to look at resources. Like how, are, how can you make that happen? Like, as you said, nobody's going to come and make that happen for you. You've got to make that happen and, and just keep going. And if you fail, don't give up. You're, you're going to continue doing that because you believe deep down inside. I believed so much that I was going to go to graduate school in the United States. And you know how expensive it is to go Mm -hmm. to graduate school in the United States. And for international students, it's at least three times more expensive. So to me, it was a dream, an impossible dream, but. You, you get creative. I find a person to who co-signed my loan and who, whom I call my family now, like my American family. Now I am still paying my student loans to this day. And you know, you find a way. Yeah. If you start to, if you try to figure out all the steps at the beginning, there's no way. Like you, I don't think you'll be able to 100%. Really. Yeah, you're just going to make it happen as you go. Just you're going to figure yeah, it yeah. out. But trust yourself that you are going to figure it out. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's those small steps, those incremental steps that over time get you to where it is you want. And you're absolutely correct. If you are trying to figure out all the steps in between, you're going to not see a million opportunities that are right there in front of you when you have this preconceived notion of how it's supposed to happen. That's what really screws people up is because they try to control every aspect of everything along the way. And when you just know where it is you're going and just trust that the things will show up, the times that you fail are usually there to teach you something that you need to know for another step that's going to show up. <laughs> so they are, I like to believe that they are blessings in disguise, even when they suck. <laughs> that's so true. That's so true. Like There was a time where I slept at a park. I was 25 years old. Yeah, I was 25 at that time. I didn't know where to go, what to do. I had $40 in my pocket and it's, that was the lowest time of my mm-hmm. life in the United States, just being homeless. And, but you know, you have to be positive. Like it's hard to be positive in those times. Like now it's so right. easy for me to speak. But even in those times, like I knew that I was going to get to my goal. I knew deep down inside and I was happy. Life is not up, 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 up all the time, right? If that's the case, great. I know everything would be super awesome and rosy, great. But life is just like up and down, up and down, up and down. That's what makes life interesting. And that's, that, 
that's what makes you grow. So that lowest time I told myself, this is the lowest. At some point, there will be up. So right now, I have to experience this lowest moment in order to appreciate the higher point in life. And it's going to pass. That next day, I made, I found a way to stay at somewhere else, like, totally a family who didn't know me, a French family. Oh my gosh, I, I really like them. And they just opened up their, their house to me. And, you know, it's, it's funny, those opportunities arise. That's, that's what I'm saying. But that, those opportunities arise if you go out and look for them. That yep. makes sense. Yeah, so, you can't. You can't just sit there and be like, oh, an opportunity is going to come. You have to actually leave. You have to do the work because it's up to you. You know, there, there's so much out there. And when your brain is filtering to solve a problem, it's actually really happy. It loves filtering the world out to try and so find a solution. <laughs> yeah. And But when it's doing that, you have to... Be the one. And that means sometimes stepping through a fear. And maybe the consequences that you sleep on a park bench or, you know, a lot of people aren't dealing with consequences quite that dire. But the lesson still is the same. To actually get to someplace better, you've got to a lot of times step through something uncomfortable, just like you said, to actually get to the thing that you want. Right. And I definitely don't recommend people to go and sleep at a park. That's the, that's not what I'm promoting here. But what I'm saying is that my story is a little bit of an edge case. Like I don't want anyone to go through what I've gone through. But I am hoping that people take some lessons and say, yeah, I can do this. I can do that. I don't definitely don't go homeless. But appreciate the down time in your life like with those low moments in your life and see it try to look at it from a different perspective and have that fuel you to make your jump and go up if that makes sense so yeah. that's really what i'm trying to say i was alone in this country so i had to stay in a park but most of the time you know you don't really go into like, experience those kind of stuff and I told myself that I was not going to go back to Turkey where I'm going to be told what to do by my dad or any other person. Like, person, I, I love my country and, and I'm going to move back eventually. Uh, I do. I want to retire there. But at that time when I left, the people, men, I should say, men around me were a little more, what, do you, what, what is the right word? controlling exactly thank you yeah i think we've come a long way in the last 15 years and things are a lot more equal now which is refreshing to see however at my time that wasn't the case and i had promised myself no matter what happens that's not the life i want to live in so i'd rather staying at a park bench than yeah. at least i am choosing to stay in that park Nobody's telling right. me, then going home and telling other people, letting other people tell me what to do. 
So my example is an extreme example. So I am hoping a lot of people want to relate and want to experience that. That was a choice that I made, and I'm glad I made. It just made me closer to my, um, get me closer to my goals. Right. And, and that's the thing is we always have a choice. We can choose, and it, sometimes our choices might suck. <laughs> I want to be clear about that. Sometimes the choices aren't so great. So we can go back or we can stay. And each one comes with their own perils. But I think what it really comes down to, and this is such the be the wolf thing, really comes down to what are you going to do that's going to honor you, honor you, who you're meant to be, and honor your person. If you make one choice, are you squishing who you are? Are you having to bend and contort who you are? Or are you living a life that you choose that you're meant to. And it sounds to me like you chose the choice, even though it was difficult, that felt expansive to you, that kept you in alignment with your true self. I, I couldn't have said better. You, you said it so well. You said it so well. I, being true to yourself and making choices to to remain like have your you and your higher self like I shouldn't say higher self your own self aligned that that to me that was the most important thing than finding a safe place to sleep or or food to eat I just wanted to do exactly what my heart desired to do so yeah and that so is for a lot of people, that's a brave move. And for some of us, it's the only choice. All right. <laughs> I feel like I could talk to you for four more hours and we could hear <laughs> so many more things about your story. <laughs> but we will tailor it to this point. Can you yeah. tell people how to get in touch with your jewelry and where they can find you if they want to reach out all of yeah, the things absolutely so first of all i want people to be able to reach out to me with any questions like any motivation that they need and if they if they want some you know encouragement or just someone to listen to their story i am available because i know how lonely it could be when you are going through tough times so the best way for them to reach out to me is through my email, which is m.esen22 at gmail.com. And if they are interested in seeing my jewelry line, they can go to anatoliaarts.com as well. I have a Facebook and Instagram account under Anatolia Arts handle. Unfortunately, I am, I haven't hired a social media marketer, so it's a little outdated, but that's another way to get in touch with me. Um, I think right now, what I really want to get across to our audience is that you're not alone. Okay. I am here to encourage you every step of your way. 
I will find time for you. I will email you. We can have full conversation, do conversation, whatever you need to get through those difficult times that you're experiencing. Because I know, I know you can do it. You can get past it. So reach out to me if you feel you're alone and you don't have anybody. Wonderful. I, I think that's it. That, that I, I think ah. it's important for people to have support system and especially women, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, and it's so true. It's we need to know that sometimes that there is a safe place, even if it seems scary to reach out, that knowing that it's out there. And sometimes you don't even need to reach out, but just knowing that there are people willing to walk with you, hold space with you. All of those things are really important. And for those of you that are looking to, I think a lot of people I know that want to change careers, they don't know what they want to do. And that's one of the big things that I do with people is get really clear on where it is that they're going. And that's the first step to all the pieces falling into place. If you're interested in having a conversation because you're looking to change careers, you can go to elevatebookacall.com. Open up your browser right now (laughs) and type in elevatebookacall.com and set up a level up call. It's free. We'll talk about where you want to go and how you can get there. And one more thing, if there was one piece of advice that you would like to leave everybody with, can you think of something that you would like to leave our listeners with? I have a great question and then just one piece. Whatever your heart desires is possible. Just believe that it's possible. It starts with you. That's the advice. 100%. That is the best advice. (laughs) And I want to say one more thing, Jenea. You are a career transition coach. I have changed my careers many times. And I do know the value of having a coach who walks you through that process. What you're doing is amazing work. You're changing lives, whether you realize or not, because people don't want to change their careers just to change their careers. They ch- they're changing their careers to be happier. So yes. you're making people happier. So I am so glad you exist. That's why I love what I do so much. When, you, <laughs> when I get to see people have so much more joy and ease and happiness in their life when their relationships get better because their job is better like all of those things it's it's my purpose it's what i live for <laughs> and thank you so much for saying that absolutely okay thank everybody thank you so much for coming and again i could keep going but we'll cut it here goodbye everybody thank you for listening and watching and we will see you next time on be the wolf bye thank you for listening to this episode of be the wolf please take a moment to rate share and follow this podcast so that together 
we can inspire others to be the wolf. <laughs>